But when will I see you again? Oh, never, never. Never? Well, maybe someday. When? Tomorrow? Oh, no, this evening. Once upon a time, I fell in love with magic. And once upon a time, I fell in love with movies. And one day, we fell in love with each other. From family movie nights to family vacations. We believe everyone needs a bit of magic in their life. So we decided to watch through the entire Disney animated canon. And mix in some other magical movies along the way, like Harry Potter, Pixar, and some other family favorites. Each episode, we'll talk about the movies in the order they came out, and talk about what makes them so magical. Including how you can experience the movie's magic on your next vacation. And we'd love to have you along for the ride. I'm Krista. And I'm Jonathan. And this is the Magical Movie Marathon. A fun way to kick off this podcast <laughs> without a quote, more of a dialogue. Yeah, I mean, that's about half of Aurora's dialogue in the entire movie. It really is. <laughs> so you didn't catch it. Today, we are closing out what Jonathan has deemed the classical era with Sleeping Beauty. Oh, Yeah, and what a great one to end I on. I mean, we are ending on... A super high note. The highest of notes. The highest of notes. <laughs> but before we get too far into gushing about our love for this movie, let's talk some trivia. Let's hop to it. All right. So the running gag with Flora and Meriwether arguing about whether Aurora's dress should be pink or blue was a result of the filmmakers arguing over what color Aurora's dress should be. Oh, that's the cutest. Yeah, so some real-life inspiration I making its that. way into the script. I love that. Mm -hmm. Prince Philip is our first Disney prince specifically given a name. That's true. Yeah. That's true. We never hear a name in Snow White. He's just the prince. He's just the prince. And then and even in, in Cinderella. Cinderella, we don't hear his name, but he is referred to as Prince Charming. He's described as Charming. Yes, that's yeah. true. Later on, he was officially dubbed Prince Charming. But in the movie itself, yeah. he's not given a name. But we actually see and know Prince Philip. Right. Yeah. And while we're talking about Philip, he was named for a real prince. Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, also known as the husband to Queen Elizabeth II. Oh, there you go. So yeah, again, some real life inspiration there. In the scene where the three fairies are making their plans to help Aurora, mm -hmm. okay, when they're kind of hatching, like how they're going to protect her from Maleficent, mm -hmm. Meriwether makes cookies in the shape of... Of Mickey Mouse. I am going to have to go back and catch that. Yeah, I've never noticed I'm that detail. I'm too so we busy go laughing during that scene. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, okay. I'm going to need to go back and catch that. Absolutely. And then I had to think about this one. But then when I realized it was real, it it really opened my eyes. And that's the fact that this would be Disney's last fairy tale movie until The Little Mermaid 30 years later. Really? 
I don't yeah. know why, but that makes me feel old, <laughs> even though I wasn't alive at the time this movie was made. Well, it's just because we associate Disney so closely with fairy yeah. tales that the idea of 30 years passing by and not making a movie but, based on one. But there are some gems coming up and oh, they're not fairy tales. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it, it's funny how when you count it up, how few of their movies actually are based on hmm. fairy tales. It's hmm. Kind of a smaller list than you would initially think. Interesting. Yeah. Speaking of fairy tales, you can spot Aurora's spinning wheel in Rapunzel's tower in Tangled. <gasps> well, this just, not that I need an excuse to, to watch, watch Tangled, Tangled because mm, yeah. I love it so much in my many, many viewings. Um, I will have to go back and look for that. Yeah. It makes a little cameo. Yeah. There. Mm-hmm. And then we love the music in this movie. Love. It's so good. So, so good. And that's because composer George Burns received an Oscar nomination for Best Music Score for a Musical Picture. And Sleeping Beauty also holds the honor of being the first Disney movie nominated for a Grammy for its soundtrack. It's a good soundtrack. Yeah, absolutely. And now, a history lesson. All right, ready for some Sleeping Beauty history? Let's get through it. <laughs> Not get through I want to talk about time. my favorites, and I want to talk about the park connections. Okay. Like, let's go. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so since Lady and the Tramp had been released in 1955, the question is, why did it take so long for Sleeping Beauty to come out in 1959? So we got quite a bit of gap mm -hmm. here. Well, that's because production on Sleeping Beauty kept getting delayed by the work that Disney was doing on TV, live action films, and, you know, this little spot in Anaheim called Disneyland. Disneyland. That's right. Oh, Happiest place on earth. So good. I love it so much. So I, I never really thought about this until doing this research, but the Disneyland castle, of course, it is named Sleeping in Beauty's honor castle. of this We're going to talk about that in the park connections. Right. Even though the park itself opened four years before the movie was even released. I, I'd never thought about that timeline mm. before yeah. of the park opening first. Now, to be fair, the story work on Sleeping Beauty began as early as 1951, when Disneyland so, would have still been... As most good ideas yeah. that Walt had, they they were a process. Yeah, they were building off of each other. Yeah. So, uh, now the dialogue for the movie was recorded in 1953, but then when the film's director, Wilfred Jackson, suffered a heart attack, mm -hmm. they needed to find a new director. So, they picked Clyde uh, Geronimi. Okay, so, uh, kind of had to jump to a plan B there. Okay. And so even though the film was then completed in 1958, the musical score wasn't finished recording until just two months before the movie's release in 1959. So they were really kind of coming down to the wire there mm -hmm. trying to get it out. Now, one of example of the kind of delays that the production faced is that the Once Upon a Dream sequence had to be done four times. So they really... <laughs> Kept at I mean, it to get the, it right. The, what we have is perfection, so sure. good job them. Yeah, we'll say it was worth the effort. Yep. And then in a tale nearly as old as time, 
Sleeping Beauty's production delays nearly bankrupted Walt Disney Studios. Time so, 100 that that happened. <laughs> yeah, we've heard this over, over and, and over, over again. again. Yep. Uh, so, you know, th- the kind of unfortunate thing about this was that even though the movie actually was technically a hit when it came out and made a lot of money, mm-hmm. it was Disney's most expensive project. So it, it actually didn't gross enough to recover its price tag. So lo- I'm, lots I'm sure of people now saw it, it has recouped it. Yeah. Hundredfold. For sure. Millionfold. Yeah. But at the time. Sure. uh, Again, sold a lot of movie tickets, Mm -hmm. but it was just such an expensive movie to make. And because of that, the very next year, uh, Disney would end up having to absolutely slash the animation department. Uh, The staff went from 551 to just 75. Ooh, yeah. Yikes. That's not great. Yikes. And so that's, I mean, that's part of why I pick Sleeping Beauty as the end of the classical mm-hmm. era is because it really does change things. There, yeah, there's definitely a stylistic mm-hmm. shift in the way Disney makes movies after this one. Mm-hmm. So, but let's get back into a positive space here. (laughs) So let's talk about our personal histories for Sleeping Beauty. So when did you first see it? When do you think I first saw it? (laughs) I'm going to wager a guess it was as a little girl. Yes, it was. But the interesting thing about this one, because I love the princesses, you heard me gush about Cinderella and Snow White. While I do love Sleeping Beauty. I actually love this movie more as an adult than I did as a kid. It was not one that I saw it or, you know, wanted to play over and over and over again. I Mm -hmm. liked it, but I think it was like, because we don't see Aurora that much. So I think in my brain, I was sure. like, where's the princess though? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> why is she only in like one or two scenes? Right. What is happening? And so I think it was just kind of a slower movie for me. And I, I don't remember that we actually owned this one. Hmm. I think this may have been one I like watched a grandparent's house or something, but okay. it's, it's not a princess movie that I watched regularly like I did many of the others. Okay. So a little bit different here, you know, unlike a couple of the others. Yeah. But, you know, to kind of bring it to today, though, where would you say it ranks in terms of like watching it as an adult? Oh, I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Like I said, when I rewatched this with Kai a mm-hmm. few years ago and I was like, man, Sleeping Beauty, I haven't seen that in a long time. You know, Disney Plus came out and all the things. And right. so I wanted to introduce this movie to him. And so we watched it and I was like, this movie is so great. Like everything about it is just so fun, so charming. Obviously, yes, I know there are some dark parts, Maleficent, but she's such a great villain. But I just, I really love it now. Like I would probably rank it in like my top 10 Disney movies. It's excellent. Yeah. But I definitely appreciate it more now than I did when I was little. Okay. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. And then as for my history, Mm -hmm. this movie. If you say you were like 
25, I'm going to riot. No, uh, probably about 15, 15, Oh, 16. my Lord. And this is another movie where I have Your to sister. give credit to my sister, who is, you know, almost 10 years younger than me. So, you know, we did not grow up watching the princess movies in my household. So it really wasn't until she started getting into princesses that these movies were making their way into our, our lives. So, you know, I remember probably the first time that I watched this again, probably around 15, 16, I wasn't exactly excited about it, but I really fell in love with this movie. And again, I, you can call me a nerd all you want to. Cause you but are. I, I You're an it. artsy movie nerd. Yeah, I, I love the art in this movie. Mm -hmm. It is so, it's just, it's just beautiful to watch. It is. It's like a storybook. It really is. And, you know, the storytelling in it is just so, so good. So I, I remember even watching this whole behind the scenes feature that I think they had on the VHS. Of, of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> Talking about the art mm -hmm. and how the movie was put I'm together. I'm sure you watched and every was, bit of that. Yeah, I did and was really fascinated. So ever since seeing it as a teenage boy, <laughs> oh my, <wow. laughs> it, it really has been one of my favorite he loves the arts, Disney movies. Guys. I do. I do. Um, he loves but, movies. But the music in it is so good. And again, the, the characters in it, the three fairies. I mean, are you kidding oh, me? Oh, the three like, fairies are, they steal the show. Yeah, like they, Philip, they steal the show. Like, yeah, there's just so many that the kings, for crying out loud. I'm going to talk about that later oh, on. Oh, I know you are. You uh, love... <laughs> That scene. Yeah. So gets you every time. It does. So yeah. So this has been I, I would wager to say for the classical era, it's hard for me to pick between Snow White and mm -hmm. Sleeping Beauty, which mm -hmm. one is my favorite, but I would maybe give the edge to Sleeping Beauty mm -hmm. as my favorite Disney movie okay. of the classical era. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's it's high up there for me. All right. So needless to say, we're big fans. We love one. Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> so yeah, so let's go ahead and bring Kai in and we'll we'll have our fun movie discussion. Sounds good. Lights. Camera. Action. All right. It is not time to go to sleep. It's time to talk about our favorite things in Sleeping Beauty. Though it is kind of your bedtime right now, Kai. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're getting to stay <laughs> you're up getting a, to stay a little up bit late. <laughs> the other one was a little bit fussy today, yeah. so he's already asleep he's in, in yeah, his bed. He's, he's an early sleeper. Yeah, yeah. He, he's getting his beauty sleep he right is. now. So, okay, yes, let's get into this because Sleeping Beauty is our, as we already talked about, it's our last movie in the classical era for the Disney animated canon. And we've had three princesses. That's, we've had three Disney princesses so far. You're right. So good. And there's so many great things in this movie. Love so, this movie. So yeah, so let's talk about our favorites. Krista, favorite character scene, song. Oh my <laughs> word. The whole thing. Like, it's so charming. It's just, everything about it is just so great. But, by far... My favorite character, mm -hmm. she steals the show. I tell you what, Mary she, Weather. yes, <laughs> Meriwether, 
That girl is my favorite character. She got a little spunk. She does. And she reminds me of me <laughs> when she does her little twist, like when she's like, oh, like she's so mad. She's getting all feisty. She's getting all worked up. She's getting mm-hmm. worked up. She's got facial expressions. Her and little worked up dance. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I just, I love her spirits. She's also the wise one. Of the crew, I right. think. Yeah. She just, she has she's good discernment. She, she, yeah. she has good discernment. Like, she just knows something's going on or, like, something isn't right. Yeah. My favorite scene. So, it's... I love the, like, scene in the forest, like, Once Upon a Dream. I yeah. do love that. And that is my favorite song, I will classic. say. Obviously, that song is my favorite song. Sure. Even though the hail to the king and the queen. Oh, it gets stuck, stuck in, in our head. head. Yeah. <laughs> but Once Upon a Dream <laughs> is my favorite song. My favorite scene, though, because it gets me every time, is when Fauna is trying to make a cake. The cake. <laughs> when yes, she's trying baking. to bake a cake, mm-hmm. I, I love to bake and I love to be in the kitchen. And so that one just cracks me up because, she bless her heart, home. like she just... Folding in the eggs. Folding in the tisp, eggs. Tisp, tisp. And a cup. And she just like grabs a little teacup. She gets you know? three different cups because yeah. it says three cups. It's yeah. just such a cute scene. And then I do love in that, you know, in that same scene when Flora is making the dress and Meriwether is like, we're making this more complicated than it needs to be. Get, get your wands. Out. Yeah. Get the wands and let's do this. Because yeah. it's taking too long, y'all. It's just, it's too much. <laughs> and, and I feel her. I feel that deep in my soul to making things too complicated than it needs to be. So I just love that whole scene then when they do get the ones and Flora and Meriwether start having their battle of make it pink, make it blue. Right. And obviously I know that that's, you know, when also when, you know, Maleficent's crow figures out that yeah. there is magic going on and that must be where they are hiding her. Right. So that's the downside of that one. They didn't think that part through. But Come on. I love that whole scene. And it just shows how much they love Aurora. And yeah. they really did treat her like their daughter. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a good one. Kai, how about you? Favorite scene? Favorite character. Favorite character, favorite song. Prince Philip. Prince oh, Prince Philip. Yeah. Okay, why is he your favorite? <laughs> I don't know, because he sometimes, like, get the job done, like, like, no silly time, just get the job done at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like how he meets he- Aurora? How he kind of plays a little bit of a trick, doesn't he? Nope. No, you don't like that part? Nope. <laughs> why not? I don't know. It's just odd. That's, it should never sneak up on a girl, so it's probably good that you don't like it. Don't sneak up on her okay, like that. Okay, fair enough. So, okay, but, but you what's like your the battle? What's your favorite scene? I think the Meriwether versus Flora Fauna. I mean, Flora. Flora. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really, over Prince Philip battling Maleficent the dragon? Yes. Wow, wow. that is, is saying news. something, folks. Yeah. I tell you. Do you have a favorite song in this movie? Mm, nah. For me, some of the songs are a little too. I like the Scump song, whatever. Scump, Scump, <laughs> Scump. Yeah, that's a good. Well, that's a good segue because <laughs> Scumps 
is my favorite song. And your favorite scene. You love you, this scene gets you every time. Yeah. Um yeah, it's one of my favorite scenes. What? I don't know that is I is my favorite favorite, but you it's, chuckle quite a bit every time we watch this movie. It's so good. You chuckle at the the I, guy playing the little Whatever the mandolin. The, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I like That's it because job. I like the relationship between the kings, how they're kind of like frenemies. Yeah. You know, like they love each other, but then they get into these little tiffs, but then they get over it really quickly. As you guys know? do. As guys do. Right. Yeah. So awesome. I, I love the relationship between the kings and, and how they're excited about their kingdoms coming together mm-hmm. and all of this. So, yeah, I just, I like it. And it's kind of a nice little subplot to everything else happening. Sure. So... So yeah, so that's my favorite song. Now, I, I guess I have a combination of both of y'all's answers because okay. I do have two favorite characters okay. in this. And it was hard for me to pick one, but I have to go with Meriwether and Prince Philip. Yeah. They're, they're kind of tied for me. Okay. Though, you know, I am a little shocked that none of us mentioned, so I, I think she needs an honorable mention here, of Maleficent as one of the all-time Yeah, she's one of the best villains. Disney villains. One of the best. Yeah. She ranks up there in my favorites. She is not my all-time favorite villain, but she's in, like, my top three. Who is? Here's what I, here's what I love about Maleficent, uh-huh. is that unlike other villains who are trying to, like, you know, take over the universe like Hades mm-hmm. or take over the sea like Ursula. Mm-hmm. She's just mad because she didn't get invited to a party. <laughs> yes. I do think there's some deeper things going on that we don't, we probably don't see or know about. And there, that's what the live action movie they, is about I, Maleficent or for, is to develop that I, story. I understand that. But to me, that's I just, there's deal. something about that that I just kind of love. That, like, she's not worried about taking over a kingdom or more. She's like, just like, guys, you didn't invite me to a party. So, therefore, your daughter is cursed. So, yeah. So, dishonor on you. Dishonor on your cow. <laughs> okay, so, we're, we're, we're <laughs> getting into Mulan here. It's a different, different story and then uh and really i think my favorite scene is actually as much as i love scumps but mm-hmm. i'm putting it in the song category as much as i love that one um i love prince philip's escape from the dungeon yeah that's just such a good scene that's really and good and then and then like you um i love the once upon a dream segment mm. like the art is just so good so in it good. it's a classic it's yeah so good now, anything in this movie we don't care for as much. I mean, it's practically perfect. There's nothing I don't care for in this. I think everything about it is so great. I just love it. Yeah. How about you, Kai? I'm fine with it. You're, You're fine, fine with, it? with it? There's one thing oh, that bothers me about geez. this movie. What? Why don't why don't they wait until the day after she mm-hmm. turns 16 to move Aurora? Yeah. Like, you would think that would be the one day that they should say, hey, let's definitely not move her back to the mm-hmm. kingdom on this day because, yeah. you know, like, this is when the prophecy has to be fulfilled. Like, just wait an extra day, you know? Yeah. Anyway. I also don't like that they left her in the room. Come yeah. on! Like, it's like it's, you know, there's still a chance and Maleficent is tricky. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm like, Meriwether, girl, you let me down right yeah, then. She's always up. had the discernment. Yeah, it, it that, but I get that we don't have the rest of the story if those things right. don't happen. So, And I, I also understand just like giving her space, like her world got like completely shattered and true. turned upside down in a moment. She just found out her real name. Yeah, her <laughs> so. real name, her real identity, like yeah. all of it. 
Okay, so uh, what did we notice watching Sleeping Beauty this time that maybe we hadn't seen before? I think one of the biggest things that I noticed that I just thought was really sweet is even though they know her real name, even when they take her back to the kingdom, when they're going and searching for her, they still call her Rose. Mm, That's a good point. And that is so sweet to me because she is Rose to them. Yeah. That is who they raised. It's true. And so even though they know her true identity is Aurora and they protected her Mm -hmm. for the king and queen, they raised her like their own. And you can just, to me, that's such a tender, like, that's that's, that's that's just between them. That's yeah. their relationship. And that is, you know, just how they know and love her is Rose. Mm. And that's how she'll always kind of be for them, even though she she is Princess Aurora. And yeah. so I really, I really loved that little tidbit. And then I think that was really the biggest thing. Oh, I mean, I've watched this movie so many times, but... I noticed, I guess, more this time how much Flora Fauna and Meriwether helped Prince Philip. Like, he was oh, doing yeah. the battle, and he was, like, yeah. getting the job done. But he could not have done that without their help. True. Like when Flora threw the sword with mm-hmm. her. Like, she turned she turns it the into, into flowers. Into flowers. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, her- it's really a team effort. And yeah. it shows, you know, not only do they care about Aurora, but they care about Philip too. And sure. they, they care about his future. And so I just, I thought that was a big, big one for me. Yeah. Kai, okay. how about you? Anything you noticed? I only noticed that they always do tallest to smallest for some reason. It's oh, always the order the fairies. of fun and Merryweather. Yes. They do stand and fly that way a lot, tallest yeah, to smallest. They kind of stay in the same order. They yeah. Have a pattern they follow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. I found a hidden Mickey. Where At least did I'm pretty you sure find I did. a hidden Mickey? In, in the scene where the king orders for all of the spinning wheels to be destroyed. They're mm. all kind of like stacked on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And there were three the way they were kind of situated. It looked like a Mickey. So I don't know if it was cool. an intentional one or not, but... I noticed it. And then you kind of touched on this, too. I, I don't think I completely picked up until this viewing that, oh, yeah, she never knew her real name yeah. until they reveal it to her. And, yeah. and, and maybe I have noticed that before, but it hit me differently yeah. this time than than previous. And really movies. with this, like. She is a princess, honestly. I mean, this movie is about her, but she's not in it as not much. A, no, she's asleep. <laughs> yeah, she's asleep a lot of the time. That's or call just sleeping beauty. Or, right. But she does sleep through like an hour of the movie. Well, or just, you know, there's just a lot of storytelling going on either while she's asleep or while she's a baby. Right. We only get a little glimpse into what her life is like while she's awake and a teenager. So I think. You know, she deserves more credit than she gets, but it's it's a little bit like, but we don't know her as well yeah. as we get to know all the other characters. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I read somewhere she has something like 18 lines of dialogue. Yeah. It's so, it's it. so small. So. Yeah. yeah like and she, that's why, it, you know, like I feel for her when she finds out her identity right. because it's just, her mind is just blown yeah. and, you know, she's not really been socialized right (laughs) you know and so kind of reminds me you know what happens with rapunzel my 
my favorite princess. Yeah, but. yeah. Well, and, and there's even a little bit of, I know we're jumping worlds here, but there's even kind of like a touch of like Harry Potter-ness to that too. Oh, yeah, I Because he's, he's famous yeah. mm-hmm. and doesn't even realize it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that would rock your world to find out that yeah. you're basically a different person yep. than who you thought you were. Yep. So, um, okay, that's actually a really great segue into our game questions. <laughs> Because, My favorite game question yet. Yeah, <laughs> and because Sleeping Beauty is the last movie in the classical era, we got three questions. Oh, we got so an we extra. have a bonus okay. question. <laughs> All right. Okay. okay, so talking of secret identities, we're actually gonna start off with that. So we were just talking about how, you know, Aurora has a, a code name, Briar mm-hmm. Rose, that she's mm-hmm. raised with. So the first question is, Krista, what code name <laughs> would you give to to me and to Kai? Well, and I guess I guess MJ as well. We we should probably throw him in. Yeah. 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 So if I kind of went with one. like <laughs> honestly, I kind of went with like dwarf style names. <laughs> okay. That's like all I could think of. I couldn't think of like another name particularly you know like they call her rose that is a name they call her briar rose for uh kai i went with stinky yeah (laughs) for you jonathan i went with clumsy so so we're just back to we are our snow white episode and for recycling answers for mj i went with honey bear honey bear yeah all right kai what what are the code names that you picked with and mom I hope they're. <laughs> I hope they're appropriate. I hope they're appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> well, yours starts with a U. That's for sure. <laughs> what? Okay, okay, go with just, mom first. Yeah, mom start with first. Mom. I thought Lucy. I have no clue. Lucy. <laughs> you went that's with, like real names. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Why? That's why like Lucy? Chronicles of Narnia. Is that where you got that from? I guess so. Yes. Oh, okay. okay. Why Lucy though? I also just made it. I, that was the only one that was sticking in my mind. I mean, Lucy is the best. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. Okay. But, Anyways. Okay. And so <laughs> I'm a little worried. What is my code name? I think I know what it's going to be. It's a very nine year old boy answer. Kai. Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob. Yeah. Actually, that's more appropriate than what I thought you were going to say. So, <laughs> no, but I'm not going to no, say it. Okay, <laughs> Uncle Bob. Why Uncle Bob? No, because he has so many gray hair, Sally. Now. What does that what have, does to, that do have to do with being do Uncle Bob? Because gray, gray hairs are like old people's hair. But what does I that thought? have to do? You just think Uncle Bob sounds like an old person's name? <laughs> okay. Is that it? okay. All right. What about MJ? And then what about MJ? What's your mm. code name for him? How about Chubbers? Chubbers. He's tiny. <laughs> he's not chubby yeah, at like all. He's really not that chubby. Okay. But okay. Do you call him that sometimes? Fair, fair I never call no him that. Literally him never that. have called okay. him that. Okay. I guess that would make it a good code name. I guess so. Difficult to guess who yeah. you're talking about. Okay, so my code names are. Oh, jeez. Krista, for you, I went with Rum Punch. Because of Mary because Poppins. Because of Mary Poppins. And that's some that's something you like to say sometimes. Rum punch. Yes. Yes, oh, it is. Oh, yeah. All right, Kai, for you, I actually had a lot of difficulty because there were so many different things I could do for you. So what I went wow. with were two words that I feel like capture different parts of who you are. Oh. So I went with ready rhino. <laughs> Because red is your favorite color, well, and rhino is his favorite well, animal. Well, no, like ready, like he's always oh. ready. 
you yes. know? Or like when we get in the car. Ready. Like ready for like, us to turn on an audio book. Like you say that Disney all music. the time. Like you're always yeah. ready, ready for whatever's going to happen. Yeah, ready. So, and of course you love rhinos. Yeah. So I went with that. And then <laughs> and then for for MJ, I, I went a little bit more obvious. Something we used to call him when he was really tiny. Sweet potato. Yeah. Little hey, sweet I potato. Little sweet. I thought you were about to go with Rocco Taco, Daddy. No, Rocco Taco. Not, yeah, remember that? I do remember that. That, that would be a good code name. You for came up with calling him Little Sweet Potato when he was mm-hmm. teeny tiny. Yeah, I was baking his potato. Yeah. Potato. <laughs> so, so for context, before Micah entered our life, when we were talking about names, Kai came up with the name Rocco, Rocco Taco, Taco. <laughs> as a name. So, yeah, that day, like, yeah, that dinner we had tacos. So that gave me an idea. He's gonna, the baby's gonna rock, and I wanted to name him Rocco Taco. Yeah, but probably okay. best not to, you know, name children after literal food. names after food. So, anyway. All right, next question. All right, next question. So before Maleficent's curse, we see Flora and Fauna give their gifts to Aurora, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, beauty and song. Those mm-hmm. are their two gifts. We never find out mm-hmm. what Meriwether's original gift was going to be. You know, she has to kind of mm-hmm. think on her feet and change things up after the curse from Maleficent. Mm-hmm. So, so a little bit of guessing here, mm-hmm. but what do you think Meriwether's gift would have been? I think Meriwether's gift would have been something practical like wisdom. Okay. I think that, you know, the other two good fairies gave her you know, great things. Beauty doesn't have to mean physical. I think they, and I think that Flora intended it as, yeah, Yeah. as internal, you know, beauty as well as external beauty. And then Fauna gave Grace, is that what you said? I forget. Song. Song. That's right. Okay. So she gave her the gift of song. That is something physical, but I think also internal, like she just is joyful. She just has that gift. But I think Meriwether would have given wisdom. Mm-hmm. I think she would have given her something that had to do with, you know, just her being smart and that can include being kind to people and trusting the right people and all yep. of that. So, I think she would have given her wisdom. Makes sense. Kai, how about you? What would Meriwether's gift? I th- I saw multiple things. I did think of wisdom. Okay. I saw peacefulness. Oh, peacefulness. Oh, that's that's great. One. That's a good gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Krista, I'm on the same place as you. Like, wisdom mm-hmm. immediately came to my mind as this seems like something that Meriwether would think about. She would. Because, you know, we, we know with her intended to marry Prince Philip, you've got mm-hmm. two kingdoms coming together. So, mm-hmm. like, she's, you know, really going to be co-ruler of this right. unified kingdom. So right. that would have been a, a good gift yep. to give. So, yeah, we're, we're tracking there. Okay. All right. Final question. Yes, my favorite. So we see Flora and Meriwether have a little wand war Mm -hmm. over the color of Aurora's Mm -hmm. dress. So are you team blue or (laughs) team pink? So here's the deal. I am team blue because Mm -hmm. I personally don't wear a lot of pink. It's not that I don't like it. It's just not my color of choice. Not what I gravitate towards. So I am team blue because Meriwether is the best. However, I do think that Aurora looks best in pink. Mm. So I do think that Flora was right to give her pink, but I'm on Meriwether's side. 
Okay. But, so, so but you're, Flora, you're both I am. <laughs> I see both. Yes. But I do think Aurora looks best in pink. I think that color fits her. Okay. It suits her. So for you, it's it's two different yes. things. You can really. make it purple. Okay. Good. But I, I think, I, think yeah. I, I cannot picture Aurora. In a blue dress. Yeah, I can't. She, she's, it's a pink dress. Mm. And that's how you meet her in the park. She's in pink. That's true. And so I don't know if that has something to do with it, too, because I grew up going to the parks. And so when I right. saw Aurora, she was always wearing a pink dress. Mm. But I do think even just watching the movie, I'm like, no, pink, it goes with her hair and her eyes. And it just, it just suits her. Yeah. Personality. I guess it goes with her code name, too, Briar yeah. Rose, because yeah. there's not any blue roses. There are no blue so, roses. At least not naturally. All right, so, Kai Kai. All right, Kai. I'm team going blue. with Team Blue, yes. Team, team Blue. blue. Yeah. All right. Okay. And why? Just because of Meriwether? Or... Meriwether, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I am also Team Blue. Wow. <laughs> yeah. so that's three for three. Yeah. Now. Well, 2.5. I give I, myself a half. Now, I, I do get your argument about her looking better in pink, mm -hmm. but then we don't really get much of a chance to see her yeah, in Yeah, it happens so fast. I'm sure I would so, adjust to her in a blue dress, but. Right. So I'm still, yeah, I'm on Meriwether's side, Team Blue, all the way. Yep. Let's but, do this. Anyway, so yeah, we want to hear from everyone else which team you're team on. Team pink or team blue. Yeah, what do you think those gifts would have been for Meriwether? And, you know, pick some code names for your family this mm -hmm. weekend. Good night. Seriously, you do need to go to bed. Let's go to the parks. All right, so I know it's pretty late at night when we're recording this, and so mm -hmm. I have a sleepy beauty <laughs> next to me currently, but Despite I know... Despite how much coffee I drink, I'm still tired. <laughs> yeah, so, but I know this is going to perk you up, talking does, about the Sleeping Beauty Park connection. Talking about my favorite thing, going to the parks. So <laughs> let's just go ahead and state the obvious. We mentioned this in the history section earlier, but a lot of people get this confused. So let me just clear it up for you, Okay. Disney World, Cinderella's Castle, Got Florida. It. Okay, that's that. Disneyland, California, Sleeping Beauty's Castle. Two different castles, two different princesses. There's your clarification. Yeah, and I can see why that does get sure. confusing, but they are different castles. They are they different castles, different and when you visit both parks, you see very clearly the differences in the castles yeah. um and you know just remember of course disneyland is the original park right this is what you know walt's first dream that he you know got to see come to fruition and i just i get choked up i get i get emotional because he called it the happiest place on earth the day that it opened and just the videos that i see of him talking about Disneyland is your land and he's in front of Sleeping Beauty's castle. I can't. <laughs> I'm undone. I'm undone. Yeah. So I get, you know, I told you in the Cinderella episode that I cry every time I walk down Main Street when we're at Disney World. It's like the walk down Main Street towards the castle really gets me. And at Disneyland's 
What really gets me is walking through Sleeping Beauty's castle. Which we did not get to do our first trip we there didn't. as a family. As a family. I had, but it had yeah. been a long time. Like, it had been since I was a teenager. Yeah, they it had been a few years. doing some renovations yes, on it. And but I remember being a bit disappointed. It was, I in, I was like, so oh. disappointing. Yeah, our <laughs> first our first trip pre-MJ, you know, as when we were just a family of three, the first time we went, they were doing some some work on it and so it was like it was it was not my favorite trip it was because it was i was yeah. just like it, like what like you could not like the castle was completely blocked like it was like a purple wall and yeah. so it was really sad so i get super emotional regardless but i get super emotional walking through sleeping beauty's castle because there's just something so magical like knowing that this was you know, something that Walt dreamed up. And like, as you mentioned, this was like on his mind before they, you know, before the movie was made, Mm -hmm. this was in his vision. And so walking through the castle, like going back through to the original fantasy land, which is my favorite. (laughs) And then you just see so many cool details. Like there's so much cool art around the castle. Like you see like, you know, art of like Prince Philip battling Maleficent and you see Aurora Mm -hmm. sleeping. Like it's just, I mean, it is just (laughs) magical and you can't walk through there and not be happy. It truly is the happiest place on earth. So Sleeping Beauty's Castle must see, absolutely. Um, And right now, at the time that we are recording this podcast, the Disney 100 celebration is going on. So they are celebrating 100 years of the Walt Disney Company. And so the castle has been adorned by the three fairies, and it has a little extra sparkle, a little extra pizzazz, a little extra decor. You can actually see that the, the three fairies on the castle doing their magic, and we're going to be there in a couple of months, and I just can't wait. As soon as I like saw the photo of that, I was like, we're going. Done. Let's pack it. Let's pack it up. Let's go. So I'm super excited to see that. And then um, let's talk about characters for a second let's because – You know, we talked about in the movie that you don't see Aurora all that much in the movie, but you can indeed meet her in the park. So she's awake. And she is awake awake. and she's wearing her pink dress. Her pink dress. Not it's not blue, it's pink. So um let's talk about where you can meet her. So we'll talk about Walt Disney World first. So you can actually meet her. She's friends with Cinderella, and Mm -hmm. you can meet her at Cinderella's Royal Table now. So the past couple of years, um, you know, Cinder it's just been Cinderella. Now they've got all the characters back at Cinderella's Royal Table. And so you can meet Aurora and a few of the other princesses. Such a great character experience. You're eating in the castle. It's so many princesses. Cinderella's the host. It's precious. So you can meet Aurora there. You can also go over to Epcot and meet her at Ockershoes. Did I say it right? You got it. Yes, guys, I got it. I type it. I don't say it out loud. I type it so much for my clients, but I have a hard time saying this one. But at Akershus, um, it is in the Norway Pavilion at Epcot. If you have a little one, or you, you don't have to be little because I'm not little and I love the princesses still. This is such a great di- character dining experience. Um, it's a family-style meal, but you get to meet several several of the princesses and Aurora is one of them. 
And then back to Disneyland, you can see Aurora. Obviously, this, you know, note, just a little side note, characters can change. So if you go and you're like, I didn't see her at that character dining experience, it's not my fault. But at Napa Rose at the Grand Californian, at the Princess Breakfast, you can meet Aurora and several of the other princesses. We're about to do and this. This is at Disneyland. This is at Disneyland. Yeah. We're about to do this in a couple of months when we mm-hmm. go. I booked our booked our princess breakfast. It's gonna be my birthday breakfast. And I can't wait. I'm so excited. We stayed at the Grand last time and we kept seeing the princesses come through all the time. And I was like, we've got to do that. So we're doing it. And then let's talk about what that famous scene where Prince Philip battles Maleficent. Did you know you can see that in real life? I did know. You yes. did, because you I, love it. it. <laughs> I've done it. I've done yeah. seen it. So back <laughs> at Walt Disney World's Festival of Fantasy, which is one of my absolute favorite parades, I could just sit there and watch both showings and be perfectly I'm pretty sure we have before. pretty sure we have <laughs> perfectly content. It is such an excellent parade, but you actually do see I don't know what to call them, thorn people. <laughs> yeah, they're there, yeah, there's, there's a whole, yes, come to life. so there's a whole, there's a whole sleeping beauty section. And so they have like these enchanted thorns, let's say these enchanted thorns that are really tall and on stilts and they kind of come through, which is really cool. Then you see the three good fairies, love them. And then you see Prince Philip in all his glory with his sword and his shield. And who is he battling? Maleficent the dragon. And she actually does breathe fire in the parade. No one is ever hurt, but she does breathe fire. And so it is by far like the highlight of the parade for me. It's part. It is so cool. (laughs) I remember the first time we watched it and Kai was... Two, he was entranced by that whole, yeah, that whole scene. So, such a good one. Also, can't wait to see this. But the Magic Happens Parade is now back at Disneyland. So, moving back over to the OG park, there is a whole Sleeping Beauty float where you can see Aurora, Prince Philip, and the Three Good Fairies. And I can't wait to see this parade. This is one that really debuted for like maybe a week before the world shut down in March of 2020. So I am so excited to see this parade and to see Sleeping Beauty in it. And then of course, we've got to talk about Maleficent. She's a villain. So what am I going to mention? It's got to be Halloween. Oh, yes. And man, this is such a good one. Okay, so you can see Maleficent at Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, which takes place at Walt Disney World. You see her in the stage show. You see her in the Boo to You parade. She is so fun to watch, so great in the shows. I have to say, though, that my favorite place we've seen her is at Oogie Boogie Bash. At Disneyland. At Disneyland. Mm-hmm. So at Disneyland's... Well, Oogie... technically at... Was it at Disneyland or was it Well, over... Disneyland Resort, but it, it's hosted at Disney California right. Adventure. That's so right. the That's actual... Right. Actual Oogie Boogie Bash event takes place at California Adventure. Um, Oogie Boogie kind of takes over. So that is Disneyland's Halloween event. And 
one thing that I loved or we loved about Oogie Boogie Bash is you can trick or treat at both events, but at Oogie Boogie Bash, there's actually villains on the trick or treat trails and like they keep people moving, but like they interact with the crowd and it is fantastic. And I could have stood there and interacted with Maleficent all night. She was my absolute favorite. Yeah, we actually waited around for we a did. few minutes because she wasn't out. She was off somewhere causing mischief. Causing mischief. Probably seeing if she yep. had any party invites she was missing. Yep. Um, and, you know, so we had to wait around a little bit, but it was worth It was the worth wait. the wait. It was <laughs> worth the wait. When she came back out, oh my word. The way that she interacted with the crowd and the way that she got the crowd going. I mean, she literally had the crowd cheering she on did. that trick like or treat trail. Her name. Like, she, yes. Like, I mean, it was just, I could not. It was the best interaction. So, that was one of my favorite Maleficent moments ever. And I would. I will beeline to her treat trail every time. I don't care if she tricks me. I'm going, going to that trick or treat trail. So yeah. she's a fun one. Definitely don't miss her at Oogie Boogie Bash. And then, of course, we need to talk about my favorite show. What's my favorite show? I mean, it's fantastic. People should know this at this Every point. episode. I think Almost. there's only been there's, one there's or two. There, there hasn't been. Fantasmic, but. Okay, so Fantasmic, <laughs> my favorite show of all time. Maleficent plays quite a role in one of the scenes. And I don't want to ruin it for you, but, you know, I told you that in the Snow White episode, you see the evil queen. She turns into the old witch and she summons the villains to kind of mess with Mickey, right? Um, and so Maleficent comes out in all her glory, and it is a scene, and it is the best scene. It's really cool. It is yeah. one of my favorites. I'm I'm not going to give it away. I'm not going to give away all that goes on. You just need to contact me so that I can help you plan your trip to get there. And then lastly, I just you know want to mention, of course, there's fireworks that you can well, watch in front of Sleeping Beauty's castle. Well, and we do see Aurora and Philip in Fantasmic. At the end. Yes, you do see them at the end. Yeah. Uh, and I won't give that away either because that's also the pinnacle. But, but they are my there. Favorite. They are there. Since we're talking about characters. Since we, yes, show. so they yeah. are there too. But I'm not going to give away how they get there that's because fine. it's my favorite. Like you will never see me post a video of that ending of Fantasmic because I want people to experience it so badly. Sure. Anyways, so you got to see Fantasmic. But um, also just, you know, of course... Like, what says Disney more than fireworks in front of the castle, particularly Sleeping Beauty's castle? You're not wrong. I feel like we see this night. We see this nightly because <laughs> <laughs> our youngest, Micah, is absolutely obsessed with this old Disneyland sing-along. Yeah. Like, he is obsessed. And the very last scene in this Disneyland sing-along is all the characters and these kids in front of Sleeping Beauty's castle, and they're singing When You Wish Upon a Star, and it shows some fireworks, and he is always mesmerized yeah. and excited because he slept through his first viewing <laughs> um, when, you know, he was only like what, he was seven tiny. months old, yeah, eight months old. So really small. So. Yeah. So he slept through that, but he's not going to this time. We're waking him up. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's I, I mean, he's it. twice as old now. Yeah. Uh, he'll be closer to 16 <laughs> months, which is sad. But he will be much more aware. So anyways, I feel like we see fireworks in front of the Sleeping Beauty's castle 
on the daily. Every day, every evening before bed, that is what he watches. But it really is amazing. And um, a lot of times fireworks is usually just on the weekend. So just a heads up about that. Um, they do more shows during, you know, higher times, but usually, you know, projections are always on the castle at Disneyland nightly, but fireworks are not. So just make sure you check that schedule if you do want to see fireworks at Sleeping Beauty's castle. And that is your park connections. Time for a kid tip. All right, Kai, what's our kid tip today? Bring your own camera. Bring your own camera? But why? Your mom and dad have their phones with them. Because kids can bring their own camera and they can be theirs. Like, like, like kids are always allowed to have their own phones when they're That's true. little. Yeah, you're yeah. not allowed to have your own phone, are you? Yes, not I'm yet. not yet. <laughs> not yet. Nope. Only nope. when I'm 15, yes. <laughs> well, well, we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, so what kind of camera do you have? What does it do that's special? It, you, you have the thing that you look through. You take uh -huh. a picture. Yep. It comes out. Yeah, it prints out the yeah. picture like right away, doesn't it? Yeah. And then you can see it and you, you have your little camera bag that you put it into. Yeah, and then I have... And then when we get back, I have a book holder for pictures. Yeah, you have a whole stack of your own pictures that yeah. you took at Disney, right? Yeah, and other places. And other places, mm -hmm. that's true. Some Anytime we travel, you yeah. like to take it along. But yeah. yeah, so you would tell all the kids out there to take their own camera. Yes, take your own camera, please. Yeah, so they don't have to depend on mom and dad for every picture, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. And you can take pictures of the Disney characters. True. True. Yeah. yeah. Good good advice, Kai. Yeah. I like it. You'd be a photographic person. Photographer? Yeah. Yeah, or a photographic person, either mm -hmm. way. See you. Don't go to sleep on us just yet because we have a couple more things to chat about before we begin Disney's pop era. So next time, we're going to do a special recap episode where we revisit our favorite movies, characters, and experiences from Disney's classical era. See you once upon another time. Magical Movie Marathon is a production of Wardrobe Media in partnership with Spoonful of Jordan. It is produced, edited, and hosted by Krista and Jonathan Jordan. Krista is an authorized travel agent for Share the Magic Travel, LLC. You can contact her through the link in our show notes or by visiting spoonfulofjordan.com slash travel. Jonathan is married to her. Magical Movie Marathon podcast is not affiliated, sponsored, or endorsed by the Walt Disney Corporation or its subsidiaries, nor NBC Universal or its subsidiaries, nor Warner Brothers or its subsidiaries. The views expressed are solely those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions, standards, views, or policies of the aforementioned corporations or their subsidiaries. Any mention of Disney, NBC Universal, or Warner Brothers properties, intellectual and otherwise, is strictly for informational and educational purposes only. What Jonathan has deemed the classical era of Disney canima can animated Disney animated <laughs> canon. <laughs> yes, Disney's animated canon. <laughs> Sorry, it's late. <laughs> it's <laughs> oh. <laughs>